Hello, this is David Chapine. Welcome to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. We're into week six of the 2022 NFL season. Bye weeks are now starting. We'll see what happens. I'm going to try to keep the show a little shorter this week. Hit every matchup a little quicker. Although we'll see what happens because I sometimes think I'm going to do that. And then because we want to cover all 32 teams and not everyone does that, it can go longer than expected. Trying to give every team its due and give some analysis on everyone. And also with this show potentially being shorter this week, you can check out our latest pair rankings on wolfsports.com along with all the other content we have, including game picks, fantasy rankings, and everything else. So quickly, we'll get through the four teams that have buys this week. The Lions coming off a 29-0 loss to the Patriots in Foxborough last week. I was giving the Lions offense a ton of praise, and they were just totally off against the stingy Patriots defense. With that said, I think the bye week comes at a perfect time for them. Sometimes you don't want the early bye, but they've been beat up early this season already. So after the bye, Amon Ross St. Brown, who was able to play last week, but he was probably not really himself at 100%. He'll get healthier with the ankle injury, and DeAndre Swift with the shoulder should be back as expected. And overall, the, the offensive line, everyone should be healthier. And also DJ Chark, who missed last game. And then remember, Jameson Williams will make his debut at some point. Extremely exciting rookie receiver. The Texans also have a bye. They got on the board with a win last week. The final team to get a win this season. 13-6 over Jacksonville. Derek Stingley Jr. had a key interception in the red zone of Trevor Lawrence. That was huge in helping get a win in a defensive battle. And really, that's the formula that Texans want. Damian Pierce broke a ton of tackles in the win. And after a surprising workload in week one, which he didn't get nearly the number of touches we all expected, He's quickly becoming one of the best workhorse type of running backs in the league. The Raiders coming off a pretty brutal loss at Kansas City. They were up, gave up the lead. That's the type of game you expect them to be able to put their foot on the pedal a little bit with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones coming off the edge. Crosby did have a really good game. Ultimately, the Chiefs were just too much. There's a lot of talk about the roughing the passer penalty that obviously shouldn't have been called on Chris Jones of the Chiefs, which helped the Raiders. But I would say the Raiders had a worse call go against them. The phantom holding call on a missed field goal by the Chiefs. So it should have been Raiders ball instead the Chiefs kept the ball and not only made up for the missed three points on the missed field goal, but then they went down and scored a touchdown. And Travis Kelsey had four touchdowns on Monday night, so that was not fun for the Raiders and Raiders fans. And anyone playing against Travis Kelsey in fantasy, and we'll see. The Raiders showed some good things. Josh Jacobs, the past three weeks, has been excellent. We'll see if they can pair that with the passing offense getting going to the level that I thought it could when they acquired Devonta Adams in the offseason. And as for Adams, if you're listening, you probably know he shoved the photographer after the game. Wasn't a good look at all, but he did apologize. And then he apologized again on Twitter, said he felt horrible. So yeah, he shouldn't have done that, and he should have helped him up when he shoved him, but it did happen quickly. He was mad after the loss. Adams might even be suspended for the shove. So that's something to watch when the Raiders return from the bye next week. And then finally, the Titans have a bye. Derrick Henry's gone over 100 yards in three consecutive games. And coincidentally, the Titans have won three consecutive games after an 0-2 start. So they're back on track. I kind of think the bye comes at a bad time for Tennessee, considering they're rolling a bit right now. But they'll recharge, and they play the Colts next week. So they have the extra week to prepare for that as they look to get a second win over Indy 
in what looks like a tight AFC South. So even that with the four bye weeks went a little longer than expected. So really I'll try to speed it up uh, for the matchups, week six matchups, starting with Thursday Night Football, Commanders, Bears. I mean, I'm excited about every NFL game, but not, not a great one on paper. Last week on Thursday night was really ugly between the Colts and the Broncos. It ended up being a exciting finish at least. So overall, tonight probably won't be worse than that though. And this feels unpredictable to me. It's in Chicago. It's basically a pick'em game. Ron Rivera had interesting comments about the quarterback situation for Washington when asked why NFC East teams, when asked about why Washington isn't having success while the other three NFC East teams are. And Rivera just said quarterback. Matter-of-factly, really, and then he elaborated a bit and did say they're happy with Carson Wentz. And he tried to save the comments a bit by saying that it takes time in the system. Ultimately, he sounds like he's trying to save his job to me. He's gotten his selection of quarterbacks. They went with Wentz. They could have waited for Jimmy G to get healthy and gotten him or somebody else. So tonight I'm looking to see how Wentz and Washington respond to the comments. And it sounds like the players are rallying around Wentz. And keep in mind that Wentz is 6-0 on Thursday nights, as the commander said on the road. And the Bears showed some fight last week against the Vikings. Battled back, looked like they might get a comeback win. They couldn't run the ball much with the running backs, but Justin Fields, he led the team in rushing and had his best day passing on the season. So that was a major positive. Darnell Mooney had a sick one-handed catch, and we'll see if they can build on that tonight. And again, not really exciting on paper, but I think it could be a good and close game tonight. And I would think it'll be a better played game than last week on Thursday night. On Sunday, we're back to 1 o'clock starts, no London game this week. Last week, I mentioned that it was the second of two London games, but that was inaccurate. I'm sorry about that. I forgot. I keep forgetting, really, that the Jaguars will face the Broncos for the final London game on October 30th. So my mistake, wanted to mention it to avoid confusion, that there is one more London game this season. So the Ravens face the Giants, who played in, the Giants played in London last week and got the comeback win over the Packers. They just really continue to play about as well as they can, given the state of the roster. Brian Dable is doing an outstanding job. They're getting the ball to Saquon Barkley. That was the hope when Dable was hired and just coming in the season with Barkley determined and wanting to prove the doubters wrong. And it's really come to fruition through five games with the way Barkley's played and the way the Giants are getting the ball. Daniel Jones, he was shaky a little bit. I remember, I think it was against the Titans in the first game where he threw a bad red zone interception trying to force it to Barkley. And Brian Dable, he wasn't afraid to get on him. And for the most part, Jones has taken care of the ball very well this season. And defensive coordinator Wink Martindale is getting the most out of his defense. And he'll face his former Ravens team this week, so that's something to watch, how he tries to play Lamar Jackson. As for the Ravens, they got a big win at home against the Bengals on Sunday night. The defense has improved recently. They gave up the lead to the Bills previously, but then last week they did a nice job on the Bengals after Cincinnati lit them up both games last season. So they might be turning the corner a bit there defensively after allowing so many yards the past season plus. And Justin Tucker, he's just so good. It's crazy. 
he hit the game winning field goal. It was just no problem for him. He's now hit 61 consecutive in the fourth quarter in overtime, and he's never missed in his career 18 for 18 in the final minute of a game. Tucker might be the most underrated weapon in the NFL, considering he's just automatic. Jaguars face the Colts. Again, it was ugly for Indy last Thursday night. The pressure is what's causing it, I think, but Matt Ryan's made some ugly throws and just head-scratching decisions from him. And remember, he's in a new offense. I think he'll get settled in as the line improves. They moved Braden Smith into guard last week in an effort to spark the run game a bit because he's a good run blocker, and they wanted him inside for that. So Deion Jackson got going a bit. Philip Lindsay ran well with Jonathan Taylor missing his first career game. The hope is to get Taylor back this week. However, he didn't practice yesterday, and it's looking a bit iffy to me, but we'll see. That would be big if they can get him back, and hopefully the offensive line can open up some holes for him after his previous outing against the Titans. He had nowhere to run. And I want to highlight Stephon Gilmore did a nice job, had the game ceiling pass breakup last week. He was a bit of an under-the-radar addition for Indy this offseason. And they'll host the Jags. Talked about Trevor Lawrence's unfortunate red zone interception. So that was a big part of the offense, only scoring six points. He didn't play like terribly or anything. But I think they need to get Christian Kirk more involved. Doug Peterson said, I think he had only a few targets last week. And Peterson said, that's not ideal. Ideally, he's getting like double-digit targets every game. And also, I think Travis Etienne needs the ball more. He's just doing damage almost every time he touches it with his explosive ability so keeping on that for the Jags as they look to beat the Colts for the second time this season already after shutting them out in week one the Patriots go to Cleveland to face the Browns running back Damian Harris did actually practice on a limited basis yesterday after injuring a Sam Schring on last Sunday I would say he'll probably miss this game as reports are he's going to miss multiple weeks but we'll see he seems to be pushing to play either way the Patriots are going to want to run the ball a ton Ramondre Stevenson, who's looked really exceptional since his rookie season last year, had 161 yards last week in the Patriots win over the Lions. And I expect a heavy dose of him, and we got to keep an eye on Mac Jones, who's making progress from his high ankle sparing. But Bailey Zappi is doing a good job of taking care of the ball, and that's really what the Patriots need. The defense is a potential top-five unit. They could run the ball really well, and that'll be big for both teams this week, both the Pats and the Browns taking care of the ball as they both want to run the ball well. Nick Chubb again went off against the Chargers last week. However, their run defense was gashed by Austin Eckler and the Chargers, so they'll need to get that sorted out as they host the Patriots this week. David Njoku's been heavily involved at tight end. And I'm anxious to see how the Patriots play Chubb and Kareem Hunt, how much they stack the box and how much they try to... They're not going to totally take it away, I wouldn't think, but limit the run game to some extent. The Bengals go to New Orleans to face the Saints. So a bit of a homecoming for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, who won a national championship at LSU. People have talked about the usage of Chase and it not being creative enough. Still, I think that Burrow and Chase are just too good, and it's just a matter of time before they get going and hit on some deep shots down the field. However, the key for Cincinnati, really, and I think winning this week, is the defense has just been tremendous. Defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo has been so good as their defensive coordinator. He should be getting some head coaching recognition, I think. Cincinnati hasn't allowed a second-half touchdown all season so far, and we'll see who's at quarterback for the Saints. But I think if Jameis Winston plays, especially 
given Winston's aggressiveness. They can force some turnovers this week. And Winston did practice yesterday, so he looks to have a shot to return after missing the past two games. But we've got to highlight Taysom Hill, who joined Walter Payton as the only players in NFL history to have three rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown in a game. He did it while on my fantasy football bench, so that wasn't that fun, although I think I would have lost anyway last week. So hopefully you've been listening to our fantasy analysis and have Hill on your team because he can be a potential cheat code at tight end given how the Saints use him. That'll be a bit of a chess match to see how the Bengals play Hill this week. And the New Orleans defense, they were lit up a bit, lit up a lot really by Geno Smith and the Seahawks receivers last week. The Bengals might be without T. Higgins, who's dealing with the ankle injury and was out of the game most of the last Sunday night against the Ravens. So the Saints, they really can't let Chase get loose much this week as they look to get back on track defensively. The Bucks face the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Tom Brady's had plenty of success against the Steelers in his career. He's thrown for 350 yards in two consecutive weeks. They only scored 21 points last week, but I think they, to some extent, took their foot off the pedal a bit. I would think the passing game will stay hot. And the defense probably saw what Buffalo did to the Steelers last week and will be hoping for a similar performance for them. For the Steelers, Kenny Pickett is making his second career start. It's been a tough path facing the Bills last week and now the Bucks this week. The Steelers scored three points against Buffalo. They just I'm not sure what the answer is on offense. The offense is in a tough spot because really they're tasked with emerging and sort of giving the Steelers a shot to win right now without TJ Watt. They're facing tough defenses though. And I didn't expect it to be this bad with the 1-4 start for Pittsburgh. That said, if they can somehow weather the storm a bit these next few weeks with a tough schedule, they can maybe make a run whenever TJ Watt is back. And what you want to see this week is improvement and progression from the offense. The Niners face the Falcons. As for head coach candidates, I've said it before, D'Amico Ryans should be near the top of everyone's list, I would think. San Francisco got its second consecutive game with a pick six last week. Emmanuel Mosley, unfortunately, Mosley later suffered a torn ACL and is out for the season. Nick Bosa is also dealing with an injury at groin, and he's uncertain for this week. The Niners are lucky to be deep as a roster, and the defense paired with a strong run game. Tevin Coleman got going as both a runner and a receiver, along with Jeff Wilson last week. So it was good to see Coleman get involved like that in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And I don't think Coleman was used quite right the past couple of seasons. But now he's back with the Niners and did some damage last week with two touchdowns. They'll face a Falcons team that's covered the spread every game this week. Atlanta's wearing throwback uniforms with red helmets for the first time, so that'll look pretty cool. Kyle Pitts is expected to return after missing last week because of a hamstring injury. That'll be a boost. The roughing the passer call on Grady Jarrett at the end of last week's loss to the Bucks. A six-point loss, and the Falcons' offense was getting going a bit. They easily could have gotten the ball back and went for a game-winning touchdown, so that was tough. But again, as I've said before, Arthur Smith and Dean Pease have gotten the Falcons to play hard, tough, and make it difficult on opponents. And the Niners are looking like a bit of a juggernaut, but we'll see if Atlanta can again play a close game and maybe pull off the upset this week. The Jets face the Packers. 
I really didn't expect the Jets to be 3-2. and Brees Hall and Michael Carter were able to pace the offense last week in their blowout win over the Dolphins, who lost Teddy Bridgewater early due to the concussion protocol. People can say the quality of opponent hasn't been great, but give the Jets credit for getting two straight wins, moving to 3-2, and two, and they should be confident, but hopefully not like overconfident as they go to Lambeau Field to face the Packers. And for Green Bay, I think they got a bit overconfident after building a lead over the Giants in London. It seemed almost like when they got up, they were just trying to put on a show and go for deep, long touchdowns or whatever. They got away from the run game with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon a bit too much. I think everyone is basically admitted to that. Jones and Dillon should be the point of emphasis this week. And it almost seemed like the locker room was mad at the way the game was played. Aaron Rodgers let it be known that he wasn't happy with some of the talk in the locker room about how they might even lose to the Jets next week. So this could be a spot for the Packers to get right. But if they don't, uh, things are getting a bit interesting. So overall, I expect Jones and Dylan to be the point of emphasis on offense this week. The Vikings face the Dolphins. Miami, again, lost Teddy Bridgewater early last week, and after that, it was kind of tough. With Skylar Thompson getting his first career action rookie quarterback out of Kansas State. That said, Thompson, who's making his first career start this week, did impress during the summer. And I think the Dolphins are intrigued to see how he fares. And also, Xavier Howard will be back this week, star cornerback. So that'll be big as they look to at least maybe contain Justin Jefferson a little bit and make it easier on the entire defense. For the Vikings, they eventually held on against the Bears. Cameron Dantzler had a key strip fumble to seal the game. Running back Dalvin Cook sounds anxious to play in Florida and in Miami specifically. He's had success in Florida dating back to his time at Florida State. The defense, I would think, is going to be ready to face a rookie quarterback and looking to maybe record some sacks and put up some numbers. That said, the Dolphins, who started the season 3-0, are looking to get back on track and avoid a three-game losing streak. The Panthers face the Rams. Matt Rule, who I have been high on and still am high on, down the line, if he gets another shot in the NFL to build, was fired after two plus seasons. Really, it came down to not having a stud quarterback, I think. They were like one in 28 or whatever it was, something like that. In games, they didn't score, or in games, the opponent scored 17 points or more against Rules Panthers. So basically, if Carolina wasn't in like a total defensive game, they were going to lose and didn't have quite enough on offense to get it done. And some of that is certainly on rule not getting a offensive coaching staff that he could trust to get something going on that side of the ball. Still, I think a little more patience might be needed for teams. And it's kind of disappointing he didn't get at least the full three seasons, but we'll see where the Panthers go. And the key for them is finding a quarterback. That said, P.J. Walker has won both his starts. For Carolina, I've always liked him dating back to his time at Temple. Started as a freshman. And he seems to just know how to play to distribute the ball to his guys. And that's, he said as much, his job is to get the ball to the hands of playmakers. So he's going to start this week. Tough task against the Rams with Baker Mayfield dealing with the high ankle sprain. The Carolina defense, I think, can get after Matthew Stafford a bit, given how bad the Rams have looked. The offensive line for the Rams. That said, it might be a takeover game for Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey in the defense as they look to get back on track as a team. The Cardinals face the Seahawks. 
This game might be moved to 5.30 if the Mariners have a game on Sunday, which is kind of interesting that the NFL is the one moving. You don't see that often at all. Geno Smith, really can't say enough about him. He's playing as well as anyone at quarterback this season. Though the loss of running back Rashad Penny for the year is a tough one with the broken leg. Ken Walker, second-round pick out of Michigan State, should get a heavy workload throughout the rest of the season, and he's a really exciting talent, so keep an eye on him. The defense, still obviously, after their performance last week, they need some more time to get it together, get gelling. They're looking to contain Kyler Murray, who I would think might run a bit more as the Cardinals look to get to 500 in a key divisional game. Arizona played the Eagles last week better than anyone this season so far. Defensive coordinator Vance Joseph brought a ton of pressure on Jalen Hurts. And as I said, I think last week or the week before, the Cardinals defense has done its job, played well, and they kind of need to just put it all together as a team. The final 4 o'clock game, undoubtedly the game of the week, Bills go to Arrowhead to face the Chiefs, rematch of the classic AFC divisional round last year. Honestly, I don't think you need me to say much about this game. It's a must-watch. Two of the best quarterbacks in the league. Kansas City's looking to get back first-round cornerback Trent McDuffie, who's missed time with the hamstring injury. That would be huge as they look to contain Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, and the Bills' weapons on offense. And for Buffalo's defense, I want to see how they contain Travis Kelsey. They did a good job on Mark Andrews a couple weeks ago. Kelsey just... He's pretty much unstoppable with the way the Chiefs use him. And yeah, this should be a really good one. One more thing I'll say about the game. I don't agree with some of the criticism I've seen about Josh Allen and how he's supposedly not on Patrick Mahomes' level or whatever, basically because he doesn't have a Super Bowl yet. I don't know. He played as well as almost anyone I've seen ever last postseason. The defense really let him down obviously at the end with 13 seconds remaining. I think that talk is just totally stupid and idiotic, but Allen has made media people and the self-proclaimed experts look like morons so much these past handful of years. I don't see any reason he won't continue to do so over the next decade plus. The Cowboys face the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. This one is difficult to predict. Cowboys look like they'll go with Cooper Rush probably one more game. Although Dak seems to be pushing to play, coming back from the broken thumb. I think given how good the defenses have looked, this has some sneaky potential to turn into a defensive type of game. And it might come down to which receivers can step up and make plays, whether CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup and company for Dallas, or the offseason acquisition of A.J. Brown for the Eagles, who's boosted the entire offense, having a big night maybe after he was somewhat quiet last week. I think he had three catches all in the first drive it was, I think. So Philly needs to get him going more, I would think, in the NFC East matchup. And a sack by somebody, maybe a strip sack or something, or an interception from Trifon Diggs. But keep an eye on off the edge, Michael Parsons and Hassan Reddick in particular. You also have Demarcus Lawrence and a host of players for both sides that can make a difference on defense. But I'd say that's something to keep an eye on, a game-changing play on defense being the difference in the game in what seems unpredictable to me. Though Philly is playing at home, I definitely give them an edge. Still, Dallas has had success in the series, 
and it should be one of the best Sunday night games of the year. And then finally, Monday night, Broncos Chargers. I've talked about Brandon Staley's analytics usage before. Don't like it. Keenan Allen criticized it on Twitter while he was out again with the hamstring injury. So he was tweeting from, I guess, home or whatever, watching on TV. And good thing the Chargers survived because I don't think players buy the analytics stuff. I think they hate it for the most part. And the usage has just been insane to me by the Chargers being the most notable for the past two seasons. The defense has been wildly inconsistent for the Chargers. This is the game for them to, they don't have Joey Bosa, of course, but this is the game for them to have a big outing facing a reeling Broncos offense. But for Denver, we'll see if the shot Russell Wilson got in his right shoulder will help. I believe I said on the podcast, maybe in the second episode, I saw right from week one, it seemed Wilson like uncharacteristically. He's normally got one of the best deep balls in the league. He was like underthrowing everything, even when guys are open by like 10 yards or whatever deep. So I don't think the shoulder is some type of excuse. And Wilson's been under a lot of fire in the media. Some of it feels a bit unfair to him. Maybe he's a bit corny or whatever you want to say to some people, but he's clearly a good guy. And some of it's a bit unfair. I think expectations, not by me. I didn't think they would be that great this season. And they still might be, who knows, if they get clicking. But I think the expectations were a bit high coming into the year. And now with how the offense has looked, it's, uh, that causes this to seem a lot worse than maybe it is. And Wilson sometimes is not the guy to bet against. So we'll see if he can try to get healthy somehow with that shoulder this season and can maybe get going again with his new team. So we'll end it there. This show did end up being a little shorter. Again, four teams on a bye this week. Looks like, as it is every week, a good schedule on paper. Cowboys-Eagles on Sunday night. Doesn't get much better than that. But the game of the week and maybe the game of the year at 425, Bills-Chiefs. Totally must-watch. And I'm sure pretty much all football fans are going to be tuned in that one, given how classic the playoff game was last January. Enjoy that and enjoy all the games and thank you for listening again and we'll be back next week.